and welcome to the Multi 21 podcast. We'll be talking all F1, rounding up the 2022 season. My name is Neve. I'm here with Meg, James, Ed and Will to give you the lowdown. So we're going to start with the obvious. Max Verstappen, now champion of the world for the second year running. Controversy struck with Red Bull, though, with their overspending with the cost cap. But do you guys think the punishment and the treatment from the FIA was fair? Start with you, Meg. I'm going to go straight in and say, yeah, it was fair. Um, he's been dubbed the cost cap champion online, which I think is a pretty uh, pretty uh, fluent, fluent title. It's just more controversy on top of a very controversial man already. And I just think there's only so many times you can keep making these tiny little mistakes before they turn into really big mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Meg. I think, um, you know, if you keep making these small little mistakes, you know, everyone's going to think, oh, if they can do it, we can do it. So I think you have to be harsh in it. But however, I don't think that you can really say that it benefited Max Verstappen's like title winning chances last year. Um, it was only on like minor things and it was only a small breach. So I don't think it really gave Max Verstappen a uh, bigger advantage than Lewis Hamilton. But like I said, you can't really go over this, the the limit, the rules. The rules are there for a reason. Um, and if and if they're broken, I think you do need to be punished in a way that make you think, oh, we won't do that again. So, um, Yeah, I'd agree with Ed. Um, Ross Braun actually was quoted back in 2019 saying, you break the budget, you lose your championship. Now Red Bull have done that, and the FIA have gone. Oh, oh, ca- can we can we take the championship away from them? And it's sort of those. It's much like uh, the finale for the twenty twenty one season. There was so much controversy over that finish and whether the back markers should have been allowed past um, Lewis, and so Max basically had a a f- free shot at Lewis into the last lap. Um, it's one of those things. The FIA need to really like when they make rules, stick to them. Um, I think the cost cap is one of them. They deserve to be punished. I think Red Bull got off lightly. I don't know about getting off lightly. I mean, you know, losing that much in terms of wind tunnel time is really detrimental to a team overall. I think it's a bit unfair for such a small breach to be deducted that much wind tunnel time. You know, losing 10% total of your time, I think it is, in in the wind tunnel over the course of developing next season's car is quite significant. And, you know, when you equate that to... To engineering terms, I think it was Adrian Newey that said they're going to lose about seven tenths of a second a lap on average across the course of a season, and that is a large gap. You know, that's sometimes been the gap between first and tenth when it's come to Q3. Um, so, you know, you could say there's going to put Red Bull at a significant disadvantage actually going into the next year, and actually for such a small breach, it's kind of an overreaction because there's no firm written rule on how to deal with it still. Um, and I think that's actually the main problem the FIA need to deal with. They're, yeah, they've dealt with Red Bull now and they've punished them but I don't think it's been a fair reflection on Red Bull's actions, especially with such a small cost cap breach and over something so minor as well, which had nothing to do with the development of the car. Um, you know, wind tunnel time taken away from them is, uh, yeah, severely detrimental, as Christian Horner said time and time again. So they basically need to sort their punishments out, really. It's like it's a case of, yeah, they breach one of their rules, but the FIA then panic and go, well, what do we do? How do we punish them? And then so they need to set punishment rules as yeah, well as following it's, rules. It's the same story time and time again with the FIA. They just, they've got no set way of dealing with stuff. And it's a big issue, especially in Formula One. Yeah, I, I do agree that it's harsh, but I think if you go down a monetary route for like the big teams, such as Red Bull, Mercedes, you know, if you give Red Bull a massive fine for, for their 
for their breach, you know, Mercedes are going to look at that and think, well, if they're only getting a fine, what is it? I know it's, it was the biggest ever fine, seven million fine. pounds. Yeah, but that's not a lot for a team like Mercedes. They're, they, if they get a seven million pound, they think, oh, well, we can go over next year and make our car give that, you know, the extra tenth if we go, you know, a couple of mil over the cost um, cost cap, and and we pay a seven million pound fine in the end. Do you th- they'll think that's that's worth it. Do you think with the reactions, I guess, to the the fine being quite small and everyone with the ten percent aero testing, um, and that do you reckon that they will go harsher the next time, or do you reckon they'll keep with the same punishment? Um, I think they need to think seriously think about what uh, a example and b just the general uh, level of respect everyone has for the FI is. Dropping has dropped over the last couple of years because of certain decisions that they've made in response to breaches in whatever it may be, rules, timings, lap cancellations, um, whatever. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I was going to dis- disagree with James, but um, yeah, it's the FA need to sort this stuff out. <laughs> I think obviously a lot of controversy with Red Bull there, a lot of different opinions, but they weren't the only teams to talk about on the grid. Last year, the Silver Arrows didn't quite hit the bullseye and Ferrari was least impressive with a great car but poor tactics and letting the titles get away from them with the season starting off great. How do you think the new team principal will help Ferrari get back onto that top spot? Uh, I don't actually think the, the new team principal will help Ferrari get back on that top spot. I mean, Frederick Vasseur, yes, he's a, he's a great team principal, but he is not a racing sort of performance Team principal, he's a sustainability, you know, person, a financial-minded person. He's about keeping a team alive and afloat and profitable. He's not about race results. Sauber have never been about race results for many, many years. Um, they're just they're on the grid. If anything, they've been a feeder team for Ferrari more recently. Um, yes, they're branching away from that, and they're also getting the investment from uh, Audi to kind of completely change their outlook on Formula One and their image. But in terms of bringing him in to replace Mattia Bonotto as someone who's going to get Ferrari their world championships is a poor choice, I think, in my in, in my opinion. And uh, they should have gone with someone else, potentially like Christian Horner, who was worried about being pushed out of Red Bull because of Porsche's... Uh, Porsche wanted to basically replace him if they got a majority stakeholder in the team. Um, and he wasn't happy with that. And obviously that deal's fallen through, but it might come back to haunt them and Red Bull might have to concede that the Porsche deal is the way they need to go forwards. So then going for someone like Christian uh, Christian Horner or even someone from the past with experience, Martin Whitmarsh. Um, I wouldn't go as far as bringing someone like Omar Safanauer, but there were definitely better choices than Frederick Vasseur is the, is the you know, point I'm trying to get across. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree there are definitely better choices. I think there are certain advantages to bringing him in, um, like his relationship that he built with Leclerc um, when Leclerc was at the team before he came to Ferrari. I think that relationship will be definitely beneficial in the early... I think, like James said, the that will build on uh, he because um, like I said Vissa, he he controls teams that are fighting to stay and survive um, to stay afloat, as it were. But the um, for Ferrari are a team with a car that can win championships, and they need to get their tactics right. So I think he's a, I think he's a safe choice, but I don't think he's going to win them a championship. I think I agree with you. His relationship with Leclerc will definitely benefit him. But how do you reckon Signs will fit in? I think he's going to get sidelined. Unless their relationship is really good, like Signs and Leclerc at the moment. Um, but I think because unless Leclerc just sort of goes, right, 
takes science arm in arm and they just go, right, we're going to do this thing together, which they won't because they, they want, both of them want to be number one driver. Um, I think they're, it's going to be a real... We could see another multi-21 if you, instant, if you will, next season. It's going to be a little fight for the top spot, I reckon, in there. Yeah, like, like Will said, you know, I think last season, Leclerc and Sainz both sort of lost trust with the Ferrari... Um, strategists and and the whole team in general really they they messed up a lot of races throughout that middle part of the season and it really cost Leclerc um his chance at a world championship uh shot so I think with um Vasseur coming in definitely Leclerc's trust will increase um whether Sainz's does as well we'll, we'll soon find out but I think it, it will really benefit Leclerc's chances this season yeah I definitely agree with Will and thinking that it is a safe option it just sort of seems like they've shoved someone in the role just to fill it rather than to do it for a, for a purpose. Like Ferrari needs to win. They've got a great car. They've got great drivers, but they just need the people behind the scenes to push them towards the win. And I just don't know if, don't know if Fasir will do it. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like a cheap option. It's yeah, like when I found out the news, I was really surprised. I, I, it sort of came out of nowhere. And it, like you said, it's just almost like they're filling a the gap rather than actually actively looking for someone who's going to win them championships. Yeah. They've panicked because of how sort of, poorly they did the se- in the 2022 season and they've just gone right Benotto out quickly let's get somebody else in I think it's been hard I mean there's been a lot of team principals moving around and like it's been a hard gap to fill for everyone I guess McLaren got new team principal with um Andreas leaving um who else is a new team principal was it they've got uh, they brought Stella in yeah uh, so they've just promoted him up uh, within McLaren to fill that hole but again that's, it's a panic tactic. I think they've done a Ferrari there. You know, they've not really appointed the right man for the job. They've not taken enough time to consider it. They understand that they've, you know, they've got to finish the development of a 2023 car and make sure they get that ready and on the grid. Um, what with the news of uh, Haas's F1 car already being homologated for next season, you know, they've always been the first ones to do it. But that's because they spend the least amount of time on their car and they're not a competitive outfit at all. So they're just about getting a car out there so they can whack sponsors on it. Um, I, I do think that they needed to have taken some more time. I expected better of someone of, of Zach Brown, um, especially when you look at someone like Lando Norris. I think we can all agree that we desperately want him to win a world championship, but we also want Oscar Piastri to come in and do really well also. I think it's going to be an interesting season on the grid next year. Obviously, lots of new drivers coming in, lots of new team principals, but there's a lot on social media around everyone's opinions on who the best, who's the best and who's the worst driver on the grid. What I want to know is your opinions. Who do you reckon's the best and the worst? And reasons why? Uh, personally, I think uh, best, like naturally talented driver. <laughs> I, I'm generally going to say George Russell. I think he's an exceptional driver. He did really well in the lower formulas. He's come through to Mercedes. Obviously, he stowed, stowed loads of time in the Williams, actually. And he put that car where it had no business being. It was like he was driving a Haas. Like and he put it in second in Belgium one year, and I was like, "That's that that car has no right being anywhere near the top 10. I think that race that he done when he was in Williams when he replaced Lewis was incredible. I was just about to bring up the Secure Grand Prix when he stepped in for Lewis Hamilton, and he basically should have won that race had it not have been for the you know mess up. I was going to say something worse, but the mess up <laughs> of uh, of the Mercedes team that that loss was all on them. He did nothing wrong that weekend. It was so the fact that yeah, they they took that win away from him. And actually, I think if he had won that race, they would have got rid of Bottas sooner, and they would have put him in a in a different team sooner. Because I agree with Will, and that doesn't happen often. But I think George Russell is the best <laughs> in terms of natural gifted talent on the Formula One grid. He also showed how average Bottas is. 
hundred percent, and you can see that in the in the Salva. Like he's nowhere near where he where he was before. Obviously, yes, I understand that the Alfa Romeo Salva is not in the same pedigree as a Mercedes Formula One car. But for this season, everyone's starting from scratch. Most of the cars at the beginning of the year were on level peggings, but Bottas was still bottom of the top ten and slipping out the points. So, who do you think is the worst then? This the, is the interesting. The worst. Question. Yeah. <laughs> I think well, it's a toss up between two. Okay. One of which has now gone and is no longer in, so that would be Latifi. But he's gone now, so that's fine. But why? <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I Do I need to I explain know, that one? I know it seems like an obvious question and all of us are in the room are thinking it, but but why actually do you think? Apart he from the amount of times he, that he goes he's off He's been out-qualified by his teammate numerous times, even when Albon came in. Albon is, I wouldn't say Albon is t- amazing. He's, yeah, he's okay. He's, he's okay. <laughs> And he came in and just like if if someone like Albon can consistently out qualify and outperform Latifi, then in a bottom tier team, then there you go, you have your answer. But the main driver I think is the worst is uh, Lance Stroll, and he's only still there because of a certain family member whose contract helps him stay. I, in I actually tomorrow. can't believe what's going on because I agree with you again. This is just <laughs> bizarre, really. It's a um, first. It, it really is a first. And uh, you've hit the nail on the head there. He is only in Formula One because of his dad's money. And if that were the case and that is the way that you can get into Formula One, then, uh, well, sorry, if, if they're letting that happen still, they're kind of showing that if you want to get into Formula One, you just need a rich parent. You just need money and you can find yourself there with no talent, with no success at junior formula, or sorry, proper junior formula because he only went up to Formula 3 and then thought, yeah, I'm good enough for F1 um, and, you know, wrangled his way in. And yes, the FA have made it more difficult with the super licence points now and everything. However, we're still seeing things like um, Roy Nassani and his partnership with Williams where he was given loads of free practice sessions and he brought up his super licence points. Nicholas Latifi ended up in Formula 1 only because his dad had loads of money and Safina ended up becoming a big partner for Williams. That brought loads of money into the team and we keep seeing it time and time again in the junior formula. It's so frustrating. Drivers should not get onto the Formula 1 grid because they've got loads of money. Uh, It used to be a big part of the olden days of racing but we're in a modern era of racing now. We need to stop it from happening because we need to recognise talent in the junior formula and Lance Stroll is frustratingly one of those ones that's still there and he shouldn't be. I think, I mean, bearing in mind Latifi has got lots of money, he would have been out if he did not have that money from Williams a lot sooner, I think. So are you going to completely agree with Will here, I completely agree with Will, and I'm looking across to Ed now, and I'm not seeing any shaking (laughs) heads from from him as well. Well, I don't know, I, I... I think he did okay this year, Lance Stroll. Controversy <laughs> on the table. Yeah, a bit of controversy. I don't know. He he wasn't the worst driver. I think we can all probably agree that Latifi was the worst. Um, you know, taking wrong turns in in Japan when when the track doesn't even exist was uh, quite quite funny to see. <laughs> but yeah, I I think Latifi's the worst. I think it's quite glad he's gone. But like James said, you know, it shouldn't be on you know, who's got the most money or, or it should be on talent. But I think Formula One is getting to a place where there, there is a lot more talent on the grid compared to what it used to be. Like, you look at it now, obviously, Lance Stroll, I, I agree, has paid his way into it. But he's done, he's done okay. He's not amazing. But, you know, the rest of them, there's not, they're not really weak links as such uh, as before. It used to be sort of three or four ones you think, thinking, how has he got an F1C? Whereas now... Mazepin. Yeah, Mazepin <laughs> being one. <laughs> but now I think you look at it, but there's some really good young drivers coming through, Piastri being one. And and yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting. I think it's nice to see those lots of new drivers on the grid, and obviously it is sad to see some of the drivers that were li- that are going like Seb. But hopefully, like that 
like talent aspect is going to come through a lot more than the money aspect because it is a massive part of Formula One and it is changing, but it will be changing slowly because it's such a money sport. But Meg, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm, my, my, I, I do agree with both Will and James and that George Russell is is a top-notch driver and he's been sort of robbed this season. Um, j- just, I think the overshadow of Lewis Hamilton is utterly ridiculous. I think he is miles better than Lewis and it's... Uh, it angers me slightly that Lewis is always in the limelight, but I think it's slowly moving away from that and putting George more and more in it because George is doing better. There's no, there's no doubting that. But I, uh, Carlos Sainz does it for me. I, I'm, <laughs> I really. No, no, we're, we're, we're not asking for your Formula One passion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I would he agree. also gets so because um, it's all, in Ferrari. It's all it's, it's mainly focused on Charles, and I, I get it. He is very good, and I do I do like him as well. And it's just unfortunate he's been placed in a not great tactical situation. But Carlos Sainz, you know, he, he's always there. He's always near the top, and he just sort of again gets overshadowed slightly in that Ferrari sort of realm. But yeah, I'm going to go. My top driver is Carlos Sainz. I never asked you, Ed. Who's your top driver? Yeah, I was just going to jump in there. <laughs> I might cause some controversy here, but. For Don't me, say stroll. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lance Stroll now. Um, yeah, for me, um, he's probably one of my favourite drivers of all time. I think his talent level's uh, incredible. Um, it's, for me, it's Fernando Alonso. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Which has angered James by those things. I just think if you put everyone in the same car, I think Fernando Alonso would, would win. I think his talent levels, That's his driving different, levels. Uh, yeah, that is I'd different. Yeah, I, I think he's unbelievable. I think some of, even this year, some of the stuff he did in like a really average Alpine, you know, he, he is unbelievable. But do you so not think he's had his time? Do you no. not think there's someone better and younger that's coming through? If he's if he's still, no. I, I would I would actually agree with it that he is an amazing guy. The stuff he did for Ocon in Hungary, whenever it was, it's was like incredible. Wheel to wheel racing is like unbelievable. Holding back the Red Bull the way he did in a circuit designed for speed, that was awesome yeah exactly and i think like you said he probably is i agree that he might be a little bit past it now he is obviously old but he's still still producing good performances and and alpine really sort of didn't help him at all this year they gave him like a really unreliable car i think about how many um retirements he had this season that weren't his fault it was over half the races i think he had retirements in and he still sort of got them above mclaren so he's in, gone in to the, the ever-reliable uh, Aston Martin. And he's gone to Aston Martin, <laughs> which is admittedly a surprise. But I think he was fed up. You know, Alpine were clearly favouring Ocon, which, like you said, he's a younger driver. But I just think, yeah, I think he could have a, uh, a, a good season this year in, in, that, in that Aston Martin. So do you rate him over Sepp? Yeah. Oh, oh James is hurt. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Are you blind? <laughs> <laughs> are we watching the same races? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would have. What are you I, talking about? If I had the same car. No, I, if I, everyone had the same car, yeah. it would be people like George Russell, Charles Leclerc, um, Carlos Sainz, all at the front. Lando Norris I being think. one of them. He is outperforming, you know, all expectations of that McLaren car. It's going to be a while before we see a serious championship contending McLaren Formula One car. But his performances ever since he set foot in Formula One have shown that he is the real deal. George Russell, however, from the junior formula, is a better driver than Lando Norris, which is why I think that he is the best naturally gifted driver on the grid. 
La, uh, Fernando Alonso is just a marketing stunt. That's all he is. He's too old to have any more success in Formula One. He had his two golden years in 05 and 06. Yes, he won his world championships. He went to other series to win um, the World Endurance World Championship. Um, if you look at that grid, it's not exactly stacked with talent like Formula One is. You know, it's not exactly like he was, you know, it'd be like sending Sam Warburton out to an under eights tag rugby festival and saying, that is the best rugby player in the world because he's he's just, wow, amazing when he's playing against these guys. It's not the same thing to sort of like draw comparisons to that. And I, I don't think I can still forgive him for what he did in 2007 because Lewis Hamilton should have won that Drivers' World Championship, hands down. He was by far one of the best drivers we'd seen in Formula One probably since Schumacher's first championship with Ferrari. Like We hadn't seen a driving performance like that for a whole season since um, his first Ferrari championship. And yeah, uh, the way that he, you know, got in the way of that and he showed his ego, like he just played his cards and you could see him for who he really was. No, I don't ever want him to, to succeed in Formula One again. He's too old. He's too arrogant. Um, he, he had to leave McLaren. He had to retire because he became way too toxic for that team to progress any further forward. They already had a toxic relationship with Honda because they were blaming them for all of their problems in Formula One. They got rid of the Honda engine. They realized that that actually wasn't the problem. And then they started bucking their ideas up and working with Renault and then with Mercedes. And now they're getting back on track. But it's not perfect. But that's the sort of damage that he leaves. And I feel like he's going to go to Aston Martin. He's going to expect a slightly more competitive car. He's A, not going to get it. He's B, not going to get his results. He's going to kick up a fuss. He's going to seem really whiny. And I don't think he deserves to be in Formula One still. Like I said, he's, he's old. He's history. Move on, Ed. He is not the best driver on that grid anymore by a long, <laughs> long stretch. And you know what? There are times when you look at him and Ocon in the same race and you actually go, you know what? Ocon is better and he's in the same car. So your theory of putting everyone in the same car doesn't really, you know, sit well with me. Yeah. Do you reckon um, then, I guess, there's a lot of the older drivers on the grid now that have been there for a while, like, like Alonso. Do you reckon they're being completely pushed out with the new changes, the new updates to Formula One and the new young talent? Um, yeah, I guess so. I guess the sport's ever-changing and it's only going to get sort of more modern and more technical and more, more advanced. And I guess that's not really... I'm not going to say that's not really a place for older drivers, but it's definitely more suited to to younger up-and-coming drivers. They sort of maybe understand it more or maybe fit in with it more, whereas the older older drivers may not sort of get it as much. But, um, yeah, I definitely think the, that it is probably more suited to the younger drivers. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Meg. Um, more for opportunity. Like, Lewis Hamilton has been now in Formula 1 for... 15 years. Not as long as Alonso. No, but Alonso's also had breaks. And we, we did talk about... James has just talked about the fact that Alonso needs to go. Um, I think he needs to give up a place to let one of the younger drivers come through because I think it's going to get to a point where the younger drivers are not going to be young anymore by the time some of these guys retire. So I think they need to recognise up-and-coming talent uh, to keep Formula 1 the top most racing sport in the world that it is proclaimed so highly... They need to refresh the grid a bit. It's nice having familiar faces. And they've now got that with Sainz, Leclerc, Russell, Norris. They've got all these drivers who are now well-rounded and they're accustomed to the way of Formula One. Um, but I think bringing in, I think it's what, three rookies next year. Yeah. Um, this is It's going to be, it's going to get more interesting. It's going to get tougher. And I think the level of racing is just going to go up. Do you reckon it's their names and titles that keep them in? 
I, well, I think yes, um, to an extent. But with Lewis, I, he I, admits. I, I think <laughs> with Lewis, with Lewis, you know, he he pushed Max all the way in 2021 with. Like a great season. Yeah, he had a great season. I, I I don't think you can say I don't think you can justify that Lewis Hamilton's finished like yet for me. I think I don't know. Like I'd George agree. had a good season, but it wasn't the best car. Lewis was moaning a bit, but I personally wouldn't write off Lewis Hamilton too quickly. He's not a seven time world champion for nothing. No, he's not, because for four of those he had the best car. Except better like the best it, car. It's like Except they had the, I like, think it's Seb's like 20, 2011 no 2009 Ten. 2013 wasn't it James Help well I, I was just going to come in and say it's not exactly fair to compare some of Seb's world championship with Lewis because unlike some most of Lewis's sorry um, it actually did come down to the last race in Abu Dhabi and there were like three other drivers that could also win I think it was the 2010 season that Mark Webber and Fernando Alonso were still in with a chance of winning the championship and in realistic finishing positions that they could end up winning the championship. So yeah. Seb's 2010 championship, yes, yeah. it was way better than a lot of Lewis's. Not his 2008, 2008. one, you might yeah, argue. No. But um, I would stay, I would say that it's not the same to compare the two together. 2010 um, to 2020 seasons, I would say he had definitely that 2020, 2019 season, he had an unbelievable car. When they, as soon as they went to that black livery, that car was untouchable. Until yeah, no, I, I do agree. But Seb, that, that one that Seb was close was obviously a good season, but he still probably had the best car. And then the next three years, he just blew everyone out of the water. So did Lewis. Lewis has had probably two or three close close titles, I'd say. I won't deny that Lewis is a really good driver. You don't win seven championships for nothing. I'm just saying... There are. It's like they've said. That, to be fair, the championship uh, winners have said all in contention. You need a good car. You need almost the best, a really good car to win a championship. It is then down to the driver. Yeah. Um. But I do think they had more of an advantage than others have had in previous championships. Lots of debate. Lots <laughs> of new drivers coming in <laughs> and a few leaving. But with the grid changing so much this year, what are your predictions? for the 2023 season. Meg, I'm going to come to you first. Well, what I want to happen and what probably will happen and not <laughs> the same thing. I would desperately like to see Ferrari get a world championship, but I, it's just not going to... It's not going to happen. Um, I'd like it to, but I just... I, I Yeah, something about Ferrari. I just I just want them to do do better but I also ooh. I feel like I'm uh, doing a podcast now with Guido from, from Cars Meg's <laughs> over here with a little like Ferrari banner just waving Ferrari, like Ferrari 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 please please <laughs> bye um, bye but I'd also like to see McLaren to do to do better I think Lando Norris is a is an excellent driver and I, I'd just like to see him up in the top part of the the grid a little bit more um, and George Russell to win to win more races I think he deserves it more than anything so. who do you want for the drivers championship <laughs> I want Charles Leclerc. <laughs> <laughs> no, we asked you who's going to win the world championship, Meg. Not who you want for dinner. <laughs> Go on then, Ed. Um, I'm going to say Lewis to win his eighth retire at the end of the season. No. Yeah. Watch this face. There, I said it. I'm getting some See, nasty looks from around the table. I, I agree for, for British sport. It'd be great. But 
that's not what I want. <laughs> I think it would be great for obviously being British and it'd be great for him to get that title and have the what's it be eight world champions then. But I'm not too sure about that one. James is James is nodding across the table like he agrees it's the first. Well, I mean, I, I, it's not the first time I've ever agreed with you, Neil. That's a bit harsh, but um, <laughs> you know, you you make a good point. Like, yeah, Lewis is a great driver. I think this could be one of his final seasons. You know, he's only got a contract to the end of 2023. I can't see Toto in his right mind forcing Lewis to stay on, especially if he has another season like this year where he just whines about how rubbish his car is and he, he tries to blame all of his bad performances on his team. I don't think it's really fair on the guys like no. and, and girls that put all the effort into that car because yeah. George Russell at the end of every race is like, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for the car. Thank you for the, getting me on the grid because he's super grateful about being there. And I feel like Lewis might have forgotten that a little bit. So I don't want him to be rewarded with, a, with another world championship and then have him retire on eight. I think just settle with the fact that you've got seven. Like, you know, seven more than most of the grid will ever win in their entire lives. Um, so, yeah, I I think for me, there's two drivers to watch going into this season and it's two of the three rookies because one of the rookies isn't worth watching at all. Um, <laughs> but I think, it's, I think it's worth keeping an eye on Nick DeFries because with, uh, I think it was two practice sessions and then a qualifying in a race, he scored points in a Williams, which is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Completely outperformed Latifi in one race. I mean, that's not hard. We sure. Can. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think he's one to watch because he'll be getting regular top 10 finishes with Alpha Tauri. He'll be putting Yuki Sonoda on some, some serious pressure. And I think we could see Sonoda be given the boot, really, unfortunately. Um, as, nice a, as nice a guy he is, that doesn't keep you in Formula 1. Um, and I think we also need to keep our eyes on Oscar Piastri because it go one or two ways. Um, it could end up with him having all this pressure mounted onto him and it comes to nothing because the pressure's too much. Or he ends up outperforming Lando and you know, challenging for podiums on a regular basis. It's going to be one of those two options. There's no in-between with how that's going to go. So I think those two are the ones to watch in terms of world championships. No one is rivaling Max Verstappen at the moment. That Red Bull is too fast. His talent is too much. And unless Mercedes can come out with a miracle, I don't think George Russell's going to be able to catch him. Do you think that the the wind tunnel um, like penalties are going to hamper Red Bull's chances this year? I think later in the season, for sure, for sure. But if they can get consistent wins in that early part of the season, they weren't able to do it this year, um, but somehow they clawed it back in the second part of the season. But if they can do it in the early parts of next year and try and build a gap between themselves, Ferrari, Mercedes, and anyone else who wants to challenge, then I think that'll give them a significant enough buffer that when they start slipping back and they finish second, third, fourth, they've got too big a margin for anyone to catch up with. I reckon the McLaren pairing is going to be one to keep your eye on for the season. I reckon that's going to be really interesting. And I'm actually really excited to see how that comes out. But finally, Will, what's your predictions? Um, I think if McLaren come out with a race-winning car for next year... Do you reckon that's possible? Weirder things have happened. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, yeah, James just agreed with you a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly, yeah. So who knows? Um, I, I really do want George to win a championship. I think it would be great. It would be almost like a repeat of Hamilton in like the sense that it's a second season in a car that can win a championship. Um yeah, I, I would say Russ, I, my hope is on Russell, but I do agree with James again. This is a really weird episode. Um, that Max Verstappen is 
I will give credit to him. I don't like him, but he is an unbelievable driver. He is. He has done amazing things with that car, even when it wasn't completely competitive. Um, and if he was slightly less arrogant, then I think he would be likable. But he... Um, yeah, I think if even regardless of Red Bull's punishment, I think they're going to turn up with a car that Max can do some serious damage with. Um, the Ferrari pair, like we've already said, I think that's going to come down to management again. I don't think it's going to be an issue between the drivers of the car. Uh, and Mercedes, I think Lewis is going to try and stay with them as long as possible. Regard- and I think because Toto, he's won so much for Toto, I think Toto's going to be a bit soft with him. But uh, Russell for the win is my philosophy for that do you reckon Lewis will stay until he's pushed out um, uh, there's a great um, saying with uh, a film Did we met we referenced it earlier the Cars film right they said one of the guys uh, one of the cars it was like uh, how would you know when to quit and one of them went the younger guys will tell you and it's that sort of thing I think Russell will outperform him to the point where they're going to have to concede the seat yeah well, lots of debate, lots of controversy across the table, and it has been an interesting episode of the Multi 21 podcast. Well, thank you for listening with me, Neve, Meg, Ed, James, and Will. We'll catch you for the next episode. Thank you for listening. Yeah.